0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Reason to Behold podcast with Tolly Talks, Arnold Reasons, and we got Preacher Man Pete. (laughs) Preacher Man Pete, please. Preacher Man (laughs) Pete, we're happy to welcome Peter, the Blacksmith's Furnace podcast editor, special and everything else, back Mm -hmm. to the podcast. It's been a while, hasn't it, bro?
1: It has. It's been a while. It's been a while, but it's good to be back. Good to be, yeah, good to be back
0: very 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 good it's good to have you on Mm. um so today's episode i came in with a little bit of an agenda um but (laughs) on the back of our last um podcast where we were talking about music entertainment and all of that i've actually been reading a really interesting book so far um share on screen it's aw tozer the crucified life have any of you guys seen or heard already
1: No, I haven't. I've heard of A.W. Tozer. I haven't uh, read that particular book
0: before. Yeah, so A.W. Tozer, he is very well known for, I think, one of his most popular books, The Pursuit of God, which I've read before as well. Um, I can't remember everything about what I learned from it, but I remember it being a book that impacted me when I read it. So when I saw The Crucified Life, I think kind of in line with where my thoughts have been in the last few months, I thought, you know what, let's get into this and see what the man has to say and so i'm like two chapters and a bit into the book Mm. and i'd highly recommend it so yeah check it out read it for yourselves but i wanted to read a section from something that i covered um in it and i wanted us to have a bit of a conversation around it so let me just pull it up real quick So here's what this section says. It says the church is not some impersonal abstract floating around in space. Rather, the church is comprised, comprised of individuals who have trusted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. The health of the church is in direct proportion to the health of each individual Christian. If the church is to grow and be healthy, the individual Christians comprising the church must grow spiritually. Only a dynamically healthy church can ever hope to fulfill the commission of Christ to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Mark 16, 15. One important thing needs to be understood. Not all Christians are alike. Jesus said in Matthew 13, 23, But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some 100 hundredfold, some 60 some 30 too many of us are satisfied to be 30 fold Christians but the desire of our Lord is that we press on to become 100 fold Christians the question then is how are we to go on to this stage and then he goes on a little bit later to say the path that accomplishes this is living the crucified life so it's a fair bit to take in um but i think maybe to kick it off from reading listening to that um kind of what are some of your thoughts around this brothers
1: um i think for me it's i mean i i agree and, and i think it makes sense that um though the church is greater than the sum of its parts in in that you know we we as individuals make up the church but the church is a bigger thing um it's almost you're as weak as the weakest link if that makes sense in the church we we're only as healthy as the people that make up the church if the church isn't just the building of the church isn't just this abstract idea so i think it completely makes sense Um, then yeah, I completely agree with it.
2: Mm. I have an interesting thought. Why do you feel like we're only as strong as our weakest link?
1: Because that's where that's where the break comes. I mean, that's maybe that's maybe generalizing a bit too much. Because people we carry for one another, if not, we, we, we bear each other's burden. So even the weakest link will, in a good church, have stronger people helping cover uh, carry him and so maybe it won't because, be as bad as that But
2: because I feel like that is something that as a logical thing it makes sense right we're only mm-hmm. as strong as our weakest link mm-hmm. and I feel like that is something that is said quite often but I wonder like is there actually a biblical foundation for that because you know it says I'll build my church and the gates mm-hmm. of hell shall not prevail against it which mm-hmm. for me in some sense I also wonder like okay so are we as strong as our weakest link or is the church going to be strong and effective because Jesus is building his church do you see what I mean so I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily disagree that you know Mm -hmm. something is only as strong as its weakest link Mm -hmm. but I do wonder like as the church is a supernatural thing should we also follow that same pattern or is there something a bit different so I think it's
1: yes yes and no in that as I said I think it, it might be too much of an oversimplification to just say where our strongest or weakest link because there are elements that come in or uh, that are built into a church that then yeah. cover up for that weakest link. However, yeah. um I think at the same time and I can't remember if it was I can't remember if it was Jesus that did this or Elijah, which is not a good <laughs> confusion <Yeah>. to have. <laughs> but but there was there was an instance where uh i think jesus did this and i think elijah may have also done it um where i think jesus was going to raise resurrect someone and there mm. were people that doubted in the room and so he kicked everyone out mm. Mm. he kicked mm. everyone out um and mm. we, we i think see, it might rush me but yeah yeah
0: that.
1: yeah i think t- yeah yeah um and we also see just from the 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 interaction that the father of john has With um, an angel that makes him shut his mouth because, you know, he doubted when 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 he was um when he was told he would bear he would bear a son, and so he couldn't speak until John was then born and he named him. Um, I think there are elements of people that are within or people that can influence things if they. and and lack faith is not going to be the all-encompassing thing but if there are weak links there they can be a problem and so god sometimes takes care of it by kicking them out of the room or keeping them silent or you know um identifying them as potential potential windows by which the enemy can come in And so that's that's sort of what i mean And i think with the church you are right it is supernatural and gates of hell shall not prevail against it but if you are attacking a a gate if you are if if we as a church are supposed to be attacking this thing Mm. and yes we know that the gates will not prevail but amongst us there are trojan horses or amongst us there are um weaklings i think uh, maybe a bad example but sparta if, if you watch the 300 um when the uh the the sort of Uh, Quasimodo looking guy Um, I can't remember his name but one of them was oh right so one of them was disabled and he went to uh, Leonidas because he wanted to join um, the army in Sparta he wanted to die in glory and Leonidas was like okay lift your lift your shield up and because of his disability he couldn't lift it past his shoulder and Leonidas said in as much as your heart and your courage And your dedication shows you want to be part of it. However, you coming to be part of it will actually be a liability, because we, Mm. when we form a shield, everyone's relying on everyone else. And I think Mm. it's a similar thing in church. Obviously, that's you know that's Greek mythology, but the the I I think that the um, application remains the same. If we're all in church and we're all there, and one person is, you know, opening himself up to the enemy, he becomes a stumbling block amongst everyone else.
2: I think, I think for me, I might see it a little bit differently because mm. I think that there are there are certain verses, for example, where it says about his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, there are verses where I talk about, you know, if there is someone who is caught up in sin, those who are strong among you should do XYZ. Mm. You know, and I think that in some ways, I do agree that, you know that does provide because if somebody is opening themselves up to the enemy then that's where for example disunity can get in and different things like that Mm. but even if we think about with jesus and and the disciples right he had 11 good disciples he had judas who was in in this case like the weak link how the enemy was able to get in Mm. but judas didn't actually really stop the church from becoming established or anything like that no and so, so I do wonder, like, okay, how do we actually address weakness and stuff like that in the church? And sorry, Arnold. But...
0: No, no, no. I think it's a good line of questioning. And I think, you know, it's interesting because I've been thinking about how what both of you said might potentially coexist. And I think one of the things I was mm. thinking about is with what Jesus said about how on this rock he'll build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. One of the things I'm wondering is whether that is about the ultimate picture, but doesn't necessarily explicitly define everything in between. So, for example, mm. one um, one of the ways that you might have weakness within the church is if somebody is yielding to their flesh, right? Perfect. So, for example, you might have somebody within the body yeah, has a disagreement, yields to the flesh rather than seeking reconciliation and peace in that situation. They choose animosity and they choose to now start spreading gossip about these people so that other people think bad about them, right? Mm -hmm. Now, that that won't necessarily impact the ultimate end of the church growing and being established. But what it can cause in the short term
2: is obviously some sort of negative impact within the body. Um, So I I feel like for me, the issue isn't necessarily one weak link. I think it's actually lots of weak links because 100 actually for example there's one person that's offended yeah yeah they go around spreading gossip to everybody else and then they then become offended and then they then you know yeah yeah if actually someone comes to me to spread gossip about someone else i choose how i receive that
0: absolutely right and i think that's where When you were speaking, I literally heard a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Because in those Mm. situations, every single one of us are faced with that decision. And I guess Mm. part of the issue that we sometimes have in that example is that rather than seeing that as an opportunity to choose either the the kingdom way or choosing Mm. to just go with the flesh and the emotions and just start like allowing the thing to blow up and spread even more. I'm not sure that we're always actually recognizing that that choice is there or it's something that we should be made. And sometimes yeah. we are just going with the flesh. And that's part of, I guess, maybe how that weak link goes from just being one weak link to being something that is further spread. And ultimately, kind of like what these, um, this section from the, the book was speaking about, it's a bunch of individuals, the church, right? And so the health of the church overall is a reflection of those bunch of individuals and their spiritual health
2: Um, when it comes to these things? I think I would say that because people are not necessarily strong in some of these things, that is why Mm. they're more susceptible to when that kind of temptation comes in the form of disunity. Because Mm. I think if we were actually understanding how important unity is, if we were strong Mm. on, you know, we don't gossip, we don't bring strife, we don't do those things, when that stuff Mm. tries to come in, we would actually squash it we will actually throw it out. We will actually reconcile that person to who they need to be reconciled with. Because actually, mm. if you're coming to me and you've got an issue, I should be saying, look, have you spoken to Pete about the issue that you have with him?
0: Come on. Because, vividly, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it says, if you have an issue mm. with your
2: brother, go <laughs> to your brother. Don't be coming to me. Why are you coming to me? And is where I think that actually, as a body, we have lots of weak parts because we mm. don't actually get this unity picked out. I was mm. talking to some pastors and they were saying that when they took over a church, they had to implement a no gossip policy in that church mm. and they had to be militant with it. And I've been to that church and seen how people are unified. People have honor because the pastor's been like, we're not having gossip in this church. You know, mm. and actually, even if someone tries to bring gossip, everybody else is really equipped to mm. combat that, to squash that, to make sure that it doesn't then become an infection. For the rest of the body. Hmm. So very, very, I feel like if we actually did that, you know, if we strengthened ourselves, then a weak link may not necessarily be the end of everything.
1: Hmm. And I think, I think in a, in a large, in a larger scheme, and I think in part maybe this is what Arnold was also talking about, that is the case. Is is that because you know? um the foundation is is love for most of the majority the weak links aren't necessarily fatal and eventually won't mm. because that's the, that's the destiny is no that eventually there will be the um bridegroom coming to, coming for his bride and we mm. you know that at the end of the, of the of the of days there is victory so mm. yes i don't think it i don't think it ever means that the weak the weaker ones or the weakness will is ever fatal. It's just, I, from here and there, I think it, it can
2: be. It can make the journey a bit longer. I, I think one of the thoughts that I just had, right, is that yeah. the whole premise of the church is bringing in new believers, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you look in Acts, they were adding thousands of people to the church day by day, which means that mm-hmm. before, they would have had, let's say, a thousand people in the church, but then you've added 3,000 people a new believer is weak in faith, yeah. mm. right? A whole yeah. a whole growth plan is add new believers into the flock, mm. right? And mm. by definition, they they're weak in faith because they're newborns. Mm. So we can't be only as strong as our weakest link, no. right? Yeah. yeah, because our whole premise is mm. bring in new believers, grow mm. them up in faith, right? let them become strong and let them go out and make disciples and bring more people into the kingdom. We should be multiplying and bringing more and more people. So that weakness has to be accounted for in the plan.
0: Mm. Oh yeah. 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 The interesting thing is that when I hear we're only as strong as our weakest link, what Mm. I personally hear more is a, almost like an indictment to say, all right, if that's the case, why aren't we, we need to be doing the work focusing on those that are weak to bring them up and strengthen them if you get what I'm saying because that's where the focus I, goes for me as opposed to it being something that stops at the, the at that statement because I think what you're saying absolutely right like we need to be bringing people up um but I guess that's what comes to mind for me when I hear it
2: I think because I feel like sometimes people use that in different ways and I think that yeah, for I mean, me I'm not sure if I fully believe that we're only as strong as our weakest link because there are people who are added to the kingdom day by day, minute by minute. And in theory, they are weak, right? Because they don't know any better. And I feel like sometimes, actually, a good application of that is that, look, we all need to strengthen ourselves and we all need to grow so that there aren't weak spots in that. And I think that that is more for almost like more mature believers in a sense, or people who should be mature, is that, you know, we don't want to be the weak link in all of this. Because yeah. actually, we've had time to grow, we've had time to explore, but I don't know if necessarily having newer believers, for example, does that make us yeah. weaker?
1: No, so Not I necessarily.
2: think, and I, I, th-
1: I think, um, that's that's partly what I was inferring. By there are things built into the church to account for that, like you said, mm, yeah. part of the process is we're bringing new people in, and you're, you're right, mm, you're, yeah. um, but and also anything you know the Bible instructs us to bear one another's burden and stuff like mm-hmm. that so there, there shouldn't be a case where one person or a group of people are allowed to be so weak that they have a fatal effect on the church now I think mm-hmm. the, the the other thing to bear in mind is not everyone's weakness is going to have the same effect and so mm-hmm. yeah. the new person coming in right. yeah like, you know you're coming in you're new you're fresh you're, you're you're, you're, you're being built up you're being, you're being grown however you've got the leaders look at something like Ravi Zacharias Ooh. and his his weakness and what <laughs> that what that has meant you know that's meant the, the falling down of a whole institution how many people's faith has been shaken because of his actions and his weakness do you get what I mean now again ultimately yeah. the church will is victorious because that's already been won however between here and there I think is where it gets a bit techy.
2: So I think, oh God, so I was actually just thinking like, how are we defining weakness? Like what are some some weaknesses that affect the whole body? Because in Mm -hmm. some ways, like we should be able to, like with Ravi, in some ways, we should also be able to separate out those things. And this is part of the tough conversations that we've had about Ravi, right? Is that like, should... His moral failings have such an impact on us, right? Because it affects all of us differently, but should it? Because he's a man. Like we talk about David and his moral failings. David had his own moral failings, but we still read Psalms. We still take examples from his life. Yeah. You know, and actually, is that a maturity thing?
1: Well, I I think there's a reason why the Bible says in James that teachers will have a harsher judgment. So I think there are definitely levels to
2: it, and I think a, a ju- Sorry, a harsher judgment in terms of what though? In terms of what they teach, or in terms of how they live their life? Because for me, I took that as mm. what they in terms of what teach. they teach. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because
1: I've I, I've read it. I, I, so I think I I think it's in terms of how they live their life as well. As being people responsible. But you saying that has given me pause. I might have to go and read it again
2: i think let's 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 look because i thought that was more about for what they say what they teach because you're leading other people i think i was thinking about weakness in terms of the things that really damage the body are stuff like bad teaching stuff like bad like disunity for example Mm. disunity is like Mm. the thing that really Mm. gets us strife jealousies those things you know and that's why i'm saying you know actually sometimes it's people in the bigger positions that have more of an impact of that because look if someone who's a new Christian is coming and doing those things it shouldn't really impact, we sh- that's where we should be saying look this isn't how we do faith
1: hmm.
2: you know
0: quick thing to add on that that James one one hmm. thing I would say is if we if it is in the context of what they teach I think that feeds into how they live as well because that's wow. where because whatever you teach it's obviously something that you're like Jesus was speaking to, I think it was the Pharisees and Sadducees, and he was speaking about how they place heavy burdens on the people that they themselves are not able to bear. And so, yeah. when it comes to okay. the things that I teach as a teacher, for example, like, I cannot teach you that this is how we're supposed to live as believers, for example, and then not almost have a level of accountability for that as well, in terms of how I uh, live, uh, because otherwise yeah, 100% it leads to hypocrisy. 100% mm. it, percent. No, it leads to hypocrisy.
2: Hold it, on. But it does, but, but that doesn't mean that people can't teach things that
0: they're not living yeah no but what i'm I'm saying though is if i am teaching you that this is how we ought to live as believers yeah and i'm positioning myself as a teacher there is a level of accountability that i should be held to by god in terms of how i'm rolling that out myself because it wouldn't be fair for me to now teach this to you and say yeah for example as believers we need to practice forgiveness oh. right i, I think I, I think and i'm almost sorry and
2: not be forgiving people yourself
0: yeah yeah and i think uh, especially especially example i'm teaching that to you you are not forgiving i'm reprimanding you for that but in my own life i'm also not doing the same and that's where hypocrisy comes in which is something that we know obviously God has a lot to say about in it
1: I, I think the difference as well is that christianity isn't or teachers of Christianity, at the very least, you're, you're not teaching something that's just academic. It's something that's supposed to affect you, affect you through and through. Um, and so you can't just be a teacher of it and not be transformed. I mean, you can, of course, you can do that, but that's not the point. Um, uh, but also, verse two of the of James three um, suggests that it could also be more than just what they're being taught, because verse 2 says we all stumble in many ways so it says not many of you should become teachers because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly we all stumble in many ways if anyone is never at fault in what he says he is a perfect man able to control his own body you know so I, I think it's in context referring to more than just what they teach I think it's referring to their many ways in which you know man should live
2: why is that? because this this whole James part is talking about mm-hmm. what the tongue and what people say mm-hmm. and that's why i think you know the teaching element of it is really important but i think mm-hmm. to be fair balance on both sides we see many places where it says you know what what are the qualifications of a bishop you know mm-hmm. it says mm-hmm. father no husband to one wife, husband of one wife. it says mm-hmm. you know not a wine viber not after money all of those things which is how we live our lives you know so in terms of as christians and as leaders we are definitely held to a high standard and paul also says about you know lest i become disqualified you know after teaching you a certain mm. thing you know
0: that's good so i actually want us to go back as well because i think you started to open up a good question about how how do we define weakness within within christianity Like, what does it look like? So I think we've obviously spoken about some examples. One of them you mentioned was disunity, right? Mm. And what came to mind for me was the command that Jesus gave for us to go into all the world, make disciples of all nations Mm. and teach them to obey all the words of Christ, right? Mm. And one of the questions I'm wondering out loud is whether at the root of a lot of the issues that we have in areas of weakness, is a lack of actually practicing discipleship where we choose obedience mm. as opposed to choosing whatever our flesh or whatever other um, sources would encourage us to do. What do you guys think about uh, that?
2: And I think it's true because that goes back to what the Toza book said, right? <laughs> the, mm. the path that accomplishes this is mm. living the crucified life. Mm. You know, and the only way to really bear fruit you know because it says but he that received the seed into the good ground is he that hears the word, understands it and bears fruit and brings forth some 100, some 60 some 30, the only way for us to really have that in our lives is to not only hear the word and understand it but also be doers of the word and that's where what you said about obedience comes in because if we're not actually obedient to the word we're not actually putting it to work in our life you know if I hear about forgiveness and I understand about forgiveness, but I don't forgive people, that fruit is not going to be born in my life.
1: Yeah. I, I, let's I get completely some, agree with that. Yeah.
0: Let's get some belly punches for the flesh right now. Why do you hmm. guys think that we don't obey? Let's talk about it. What stops us from obeying? Because this is the thing, right? Hmm. Like, I feel like what we're speaking about right now isn't like, the kind of thing that for most listeners i i would imagine is something brand new like it's the kind of stuff that we talk about be a disciple discipleship obedience like they're kind of buzzwords and phrases that i think come up in conversations at least from what i've seen but like what i really want to maybe get into in this conversation a bit more is what are the things that when we take away all of the the language and all of the phrases and stuff like that and we look at our actual practice what are the things that are really stopping us from being those that actually obey what the scriptures teach us obey the way of the kingdom obey the words
1: of christ i think i think because it's hard it's, <laughs> it, it's hard it's in in essence it's going against uh um natural tendencies or or, our nature you know if the 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 entirety of the law is summarized as love the lord your god with all your being and love one another Mm. under normal circumstances those aren't two things that are too hard to well it's just two things that don't sound like they are exceedingly hard to abide by and yet i think if you look at society and you look at society without god you can really see that our human tendency is towards destruction and whether that be destruction of ourselves or destruction of others the mm. natural tendency if you leave human beings to be human beings is that and so the bible calling you against that um i think is so hard that it wasn't ever the case or it wasn't ever the intention for people to be able to do that on their own because that's asking too much of them and that's why grace came and grace empowers. And us being good is not even of us, it's of God working mm. in us, if that makes sense. Mm. So I, I think I think we don't we don't obey because it's hard. And the only way we get past that is because grace enables us now to and we're no longer slaves to sin. We are now, you know, new creatures born in, in, in Christ.
2: I agree, and I think because we try and do it in our own strength. Yeah. And that is like our default is by works and by effort and by this. Yeah. But it's like, actually, God wants us to live a different way. And he wants us to live a way that is so counter to our natural being. It's counter to our culture. You know, we want to be self-made. We want to do things by ourselves. Our pride wants to do that. But actually, the only way we can actually live this life is through humility and through humbling ourselves and receiving grace from God to actually do it. I hear you both, man. So, is there more from that birth? Or is this... No, I've got a couple of other questions as
0: well. There's a whole but I think this just this whole episode is centered on this particular bit here. Um Yeah. So that Grace, the grace empowerment thing, right? So I was actually having a conversation with someone um the other day. And one of the questions that came up, and I think this might be worth even discussing, is that You see people who are unbelievers overcoming different things, right? So for Mm. example, addictions being a great example, right? Mm. How do you guys feel like that plays into the whole conversation about doing it in our own strength and what it looks like for a Christian to overcome? Because honestly, and this is actually something that I'm really kind of working through in my thinking as well because... I get the principle of we rely on God's grace, but I think one of the things that I have been thinking and rethinking is what does it actually look like to rely on God's grace and how does that measure up when we look at non-Christians who seem to be able to make decisions to discipline themselves in different ways?
2: That's a really good question. Um... I don't know actually I genuinely don't know because is there a difference between beating addiction and something like walking in love mm. are they are they kind of different things because even in terms of like beating addiction for example is there a chemical element to that and is that something different to what we're talking about in terms of living a crucified life so for me when I talk about living a crucified life I'm thinking about walking in love with one another not gossiping. Mm. I'm thinking about when you talk about the fruits of the spirit and the things that come out through that. Those are things that only really come from God, you know. So that's where I, I do wonder, you know, how how does that work? What does that look like? Because mm. there are still people, and I guess this is what I I think about. Right, there are people who sow and reap. Right. Yeah. There are people who forgive other people. There are people who live yeah. biblical principles, but they haven't surrendered their lives to the Lord. Mm. So, is there a slight difference between you know there are some things that are a spiritual law like sowing and reaping, you mm. know that doesn't matter if you're Christian or not. You mm. know if mm. you sow, you will reap, whether or, <laughs> mm. whether or not you're a Christian. Yeah. You know. So for me, is it just that you know sometimes the world they do biblical principles better than we do. You know, even in terms of the power of your words, yeah. yeah Christians be saying all sorts of nonsense all over the place, and non Christians will say, "No, speak what you want to manifest. Speak mm. what <laughs> you want to manifest. <laughs> okay.
1: yeah. Visualize it. If you if you, you, you know? watch any if you want any martial arts they all talk about visualize. Any martial arts competition, I it I saw myself the vibrations. I saw myself. <laughs> and <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah. So, so you know what? Yeah. And there's was someone going to say something. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to add to that um, because I, I was going to say one thing that's easy to, to 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 drop by the wayside is is the recognition that all of these things, while good, end up paling in comparison to what the ultimate goal of Christ on Earth was, which was reconciliation with the Creator of our of, of, our, of our of our of our being, and so. Mm-hmm. Despite there being, and, and you're right, there being all these strategies to do well and to be productive and to do all the things that a lot of Christians can learn from, being completely honest, we can learn from yeah. a lot of these thinkers that have spent the time to do it. Um, mm. It ends up being okay, so what profit to the man to gain the world and lose his soul? Because at the end mm. of the day, those things won't get you into right standing with God. And so everything, all things considered, yeah, there are, there are different things. And there are people that are better, that, uh, or there are secular ways of dealing with addiction that maybe the church yeah. can look at and see something of, or we can rely on the spirit and then be truly free, and it's all good. Um, but at the end of the day, we have an accountability to the person that gave us existence as to what we've Absolutely. used that existence for. And at, at the end of the day, that's really where it's it's different if you're so Mm.
2: i have a question for you right you said about you know Mm. there are many things in the secular world that christians can learn from Mm. and sometimes i wonder like is that just because christians don't know their bible because for me a lot of the things Mm. that like Mm. the world Mm. is saying Mm. is Mm. is, this Mm. is how you it. it's in the bible like that wisdom or like it says about there is an earthly wisdom but there is a wisdom that comes from above yeah yeah and for me it's like we have the giver of all wisdom yeah yeah. like i shouldn't have to go into the world to learn how to do my finances i shouldn't have to go into the world to learn how to you know be free from addiction there are things if if you read proverbs there are things all through there that talk about how to be free from these things even if you talk about you know how isn't it confess your sins to one another and doesn't yeah,
1: talk and about
2: healing yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah That's AA That's Alcoholics Anonymous Like my name is so and so <laughs> Yeah but AA
1: alcoholic. is Christian AA is Christian it's...
2: Yeah but bro, This is what I'm saying Like yeah. All the things yeah. that they use no,
1: Shouldn't no, <laughs> but, but I think I think the thing is That I, By God's grace We're all given different gifts And we're all given Given different passions and stuff And we all Will advance yeah. in different areas Um And some of us will be saved, some of us won't be saved. And the reason I say it's worth it's worth us learning for something because they've you know, where you're completely right. I think everything we need, we can get from the scripture. Everything we everything that's required we can get from the scripture. However, where we haven't done the studies or we, we we haven't gone that far and some people, by virtue of just who God has made them, have been able to get that far. It's worth I think it's worth just learning from them and, and I, seeing what they've done.
2: I don't disagree I mm. for me I just feel like it's worth understanding when we say going to what the secular world has done for me it's more like let's see where they are doing things that we're meant to be doing better yeah.
1: than us no, because and that's the, it says yeah. about,
2: you know it's just yeah. about how they're more yeah. shrewd the people of the world are more shrewd in some of their areas than yeah. we are but really we should be those people that they're going to yeah. look at what the church is doing Someone. how do we do that but the church in so Someone. many ways is not doing it well and that sucks i'm loving like it. I, have I'm I'm loving it. <laughs> I have to go to the world i have to go to the world what why
0: yeah guys i love this i love where this conversation's going because now we're going to look at the bible right <laughs> so ephesians 4 verse 17 onwards says now this i say and testify in the lord that you must no longer walk as the gentiles do in the futility of their minds they are darkening their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him. As the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of god in true righteousness and holiness now i'm going to say some things right i'm not trying to be the guy that shoots down grace and relying on grace and all of that kind of stuff because i believe in grace grace is an important thing um like that is central to the faith that we stand on but when i look at verses like these right and it comes back to the question i asked before i see the instruction to put off your former self and to put on the new self right and i guess in going back to what you mentioned about looking at the world and how do we know our scriptures enough and stuff like that for me this is like a clear black and white like is grace involved absolutely because it's the goodness of god that empowers me to do these things and so that that's something that i think happens as a part of the relationship that i have but whether or not that's happening in the background And with or without my knowledge the instruction is to put off our former self right Mm -hmm. and i really like and this is really a question and it's the following question to the one i mentioned before i'm wondering is part of our problem that because we're dealing with like these concepts like grace and not wanting to be seen or to say things like we're doing them in our own strength that we almost miss the basic instruction to put off our former self and to actually just make the decision to stop doing those things. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I really do think, and I, this is there's a few different spiritual concepts that I think we deal with as Christians, which the non-believer they don't they're not they're not thinking about these things. Like, if someone makes the decision, okay, this is what I'm going to do, like in the area of I don't know, an addiction, fitness, or whatever it is. It doesn't mean that they might get it straight away. But they're not thinking about not being seen to be doing it in their own strength. They're not thinking about having to, quote unquote, rely on the grace of God and wait for, and because this is the other thing is that sometimes when we speak about relying on grace and not doing it in our own strength, it's like it almost, to me, sometimes comes across, not because we intend it to wait, but it sometimes comes across as though we're waiting for and we're relying on God to somehow do the work in us that will then Make the outward thing happen, mm. and my thing is true or false. Whether that is the case, if if we are relying on God to do the work, He's going to do the work, right? But what are we supposed to do? And I see scriptures being really direct. This is just one example about put off, do this, like resist the devil, and he will flee from you. These clear, mm-hmm. direct instructions. Um, what do you guys think about
1: that? I think if. Or where the, the the gospel of grace has become this idea of waiting for God to do something in us mm-hmm. before we move, I think that's a misunderstanding then of what grace is, um, mm-hmm. and 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 maybe this isn't preached enough, or maybe you know the bigger preachers aren't talking about this, but I, I think when when grace when, when you are no longer a slave to righteousness oh my god no when you're no longer a slave to sin <laughs> when you're no longer a slave to sin um, but you now are given the right to become the child of God there's a call to action there it's not just you're no longer this you're that it's what does that mean? That means in, in, in AW Toto it means living the crucified life. It means taking up your cross and following God. And it means here putting on a new, um, a new, uh, self that is created after the likeness of God in righteousness and holiness. So, I think, I think what we're, what we're talking about is maybe a misunderstanding and misrepresentation of what grace is. It's not just a Wait and see. It's an empowerment to do something, and and and, and yeah, I think if it's preached as that, then we know we're not. It's not grace that's going to change us. It's grace that. That's not the way to to say. It's not grace. Doesn't mean God is going to magically change you, and then everything is good. Grace means Mm. that you are now empowered to grow and bear fruit and do all of these things, and those things require you to do
2: certain things and i think it's interesting right because sometimes people can confuse the what happens when we're born again you know we're given Mm -hmm. a heart we're given a new heart we're given a new Mm -hmm. spirit Mm -hmm. and in that sense that is instant that happens straight away yeah but in terms of the outworking of you know renewing of our minds for Mm -hmm. example that is something that we are meant to do, but God has given us the grace and the power and the strength to do those things. You know, and sometimes I feel like people get those, those a bit mixed up that, you know, yes, there is the new birth, you know, your spirit is reborn, but you don't get a brand new physical body instantly. So the things that still tempted you before can still tempt you now, you know, you don't get a brand new mind straight away. You still have to renew your mind to the word.
1: I think one one teacher that I like put it, I've been saved, I am being saved and I will be saved. Yeah. And all of the things happening at, not at the same time, but all of the things happening. Um, they're all true. They're, they're all true. Exactly. Mm. In when, when we receive, when we, we finally respond to that Christ knocking on the door, he will come in and die with us. We are saved. We have been given a new heart. Um, but then we still have these physical bodies. We still have those tendencies and that process of salvation is also being worked out and should be worked out with fear and trembling also recognizing that it's god that works in us both to will and to do and then eventually when we see him and we are as he is and we are in perfection with sin and death having been overcome we will be fully saved without requirement of further salvation but those things are all true and we 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 aren't done until it's done. If that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hear that, brother? I really do hear that, man.
1: And and I think one I think one of the frustrations that A W Toza is refer, referring to there as well is this idea of too many being satisfied with being thirtyfold Christians, and that being part of the issue is a lot of us are happy once you said that salvation prayer once or twice or three or four times you've given your life to christ which was my story (laughs) but then you stay there you know you're always there you did it's like nah there's once you get there there's and that you're you're required you're you're expected to grow you're expected Mm. to 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 become a hundredfold Person that bears fruit—a uh, hundredfold bearer of fruit—and I think that's that—that's what we're called to do: is, is to grow. and Everyone should be looking to do that.
2: Do you think there's an element of people not necessarily knowing that actually there's so much yeah. more available?
1: Yeah, Ooh. yeah. And and actually, so I'm I'm, I'm going to get into things now because <laughs> I think that's part of the issue with the fivefold sort of nature of I think church leadership and what it should be not being present in every church some churches in and of themselves are just an evangelistic church and all they're concentrated on is getting more people in and that's great but then who's growing those people and so you have a bunch of people coming in and people coming in all the time but they're not growing they're not They're not being you know be, being um, being yeah being, being nurtured to grow and to become bigger because the only sort of office in um in effect in that church is the evangelistic office and i think that's why you've got everyone that's supposed to be there you've got apostles prophets teachers evangelists and pastors that are all supposed to be working together so that the evangelist brings them in the teachers start teaching them building them up the pastors are pastoring keeping them and in th- in, um keeping them you know whole the prophets are giving sort of god's direction for what they need to do and apostles are watching over all of these things carrying out the mandate of christ in that particular area in a particular church but i think a lot of churches don't don't have that or don't focus on that especially Mm. with the one man at the top sort of churches they end Mm. up being that man's particular gifting or or office or calling and everything else falls by the wayside
2: for sure for sure and I think that that's what you see Um, even when Paul is saying you know some of us are Paul or some are of Apollos, or whatever it is like that mm. focus actually takes away from really what we're meant to be learning and growing in
0: and you know what even another slightly abstract but linked thought to what you just said is that I wonder if if we took that same approach that Paul had where we wouldn't just focus on being of Paul or of Apollos there might be ways that we could compensate within the wider body for what may be lacking in one particular community because it may be the case that in one environment you may have for example evangelist apostle teacher but no prophet or no um, what's the one that I missed pastor or whoever anyway but something could be missing in yeah. short and i think if the walls weren't up within our community so high and we were a bit more collaborative amongst one another i wonder
2: these are just some of my right i, thoughts, I whether think i that think that that's for some right method. because we're meant to be unified right and mm-hmm. god has deliberately given different parts to different people because mm-hmm. we're meant to work together but there are some churches where if you go and feed in another church, they're going to have a problem with that. Yeah, that's a problem.
1: And terrible. Com-
2: yeah, it, it comes back to to the unity and collaboration because actually we should be able to feed from different places and get a balanced mm. diet from all that God has made available in the church. There's a reason why he's giving people certain things to teach. Like when you look at John, he had a very different revelation to what... Luke had or what Mark had mm, or what mm, mm. you know Matthew had, they all had different revelations. Even Paul, his revelation was slightly different to what Peter had. Each person is mm. given different parts of the picture.
0: And and the wider it goes, I think the the more it removes the risk of idolatry. Yeah, mm. because yeah. If you're seeing that there's so much coming from so many different places and it's more of a, oh, it's not just this one magical person who has this amazing connection with God and they just get the revelation 24-7, but you realise that, wow, God's actually pouring out in this area and this person has this understanding and this revelation. Oh, wow. This person, like, and you can see how in those different giftings actually coming together and feeding the body at large, we come to a balanced place of maturity. Mm.
1: That, that's one of the issues I have with, like, denominations and this idea of different church groups ring-fencing themselves. Mm, I have is. to get some Apple hate in here. So this is what Apple does. And they make... <laughs> <laughs> they make their phones work only so well with the Apple Watch and with the that's Apple way. AirPods. And, you know, you mm. can't get anything else in there. So you're, you're restricted to what you can benefit from. And you look at the old church, and the only restriction that they kind of had was geographic. These guys are here; the church is in Galatia. You're only the churches in Galatia because you're in Galatia. It's no, we are fire on mountain ministries, and you are ah. walk by the waterside ministries, and you are still, you know, and and that becomes.
2: Because I, I think so. Had some saying, "I'm a Paul, I'm of Apollos." Oh even yeah, a yeah. Those are no,
1: no, right. no. But and that's and that's why I think Paul came so hard against it, because we're mm. now we're now taking something other than just you know, and and I think even the geographic thing was just a, a thing of the times where I'm not expecting you to take a train to you know Jerusalem to go in and worship, but mm. they're they're taking something else and saying no this is our marker and I think that's part of what we do now and it's like this is my pastor and I belong to his church and I'm in this denomination or I believe in the teachings of this guy and so whatever John Calvin said that's what I I live by and I'm Calvinist I'm not anything else I am one of Calvin's people you know and and I think that's where those sort of ring fences that's the problem I have with it but I don't think that's how it was designed to be I, I think the body and all uh, as a whole, we're all supposed to be able to see that we're all Christian. We're all Christ-like. And then, and that's what God's given to you. I can take, I can listen, I can learn from. And then what I've got, I can bring and we can all sort of influence one another, just as Arnold was saying. But we've now come to a place where, as you said, if I'm in this church, I'm not talking to anyone from this church. I, I don't believe God is in these other churches or worse yet I'm not even reading other people's books I'm only reading my pastor's books that he writes mm-hmm. maybe sometimes yeah. more than I'm reading the bible but I will not say anything there you know <laughs> it's so that, that's one of the issues I have with this whole idea of denominations of what it's become but I think it's mm. all sorts of weakness really mm. Yeah. Mm. that's good well, fellas I think that was a great conversation just like that this is the thing just like that time's gone
0: (laughs) thank you to everybody who's tuned in for this episode i think it was a great 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 conversation And who knows there might be a part two ruin um yeah man follow us on all platforms at reason to behold and yeah we want to hear what you guys think about everything we've spoken about in this conversation because we're free voices but we'd love to hear more from the wider body just about all of the different things we've spoken about are there things you agree with disagree with things that you think we didn't cover shoot us a message on instagram um, at reason to behold and we'd love to hear from you see you next time